Hey, you are tuned into the Bold Church podcast. My name is Yasmin Ruhi. I am one of the lead pastors here. We're so excited that you can join us for today's talk. We hope it blesses you. We hope it encourages you. And if you find it useful, go ahead and send it to someone else whose day you can bless. If you want to join us, we meet live every Sunday morning. If you want to find out our times or where we're meeting, head to our website at bold.church or head to our Instagram at boldchurch. SV. Thank you so much and enjoy today's talk. Who's excited for church? Come on! We have not met. My name is Ali. I'm Silicon Valley, born and raised on the playground. Is where I spent most of my days. Come on. Uh, if you're new to church, let me tell you, my wife and I, we started this church with eight families on a couch. And uh, we had a dream that God could, could God use a bunch of nobodies to love everybody that were willing to serve anybody because we don't want to be a somebody. And we wanted to create a church where not only Christians could come and grow in their faith, but unchurched people, come on, can explore their faith. So if you're new to church and your booty's like, mm, I get that. We understand that. We created this church with you in mind because we, we want a place where you can belong long before you believe. And uh, We are a loud church. If you, if, you, if you hear something good, someone say amen. amen. And if you're new, just, just follow along if you weirded out. It's okay. Oh, we're going to collect talks called We Are Bold, because bold church is not where you go. Literally, it's a declaration of who you are. And church is not a building, it's a people. And uh, there's an, a, an old saying that if you want to build a ship, you don't tell people to cut down trees and delegate tasks. You tell them to long for the sea. So I want you to long for the things of God. And how do I do that? Give you a longing for his values, his ethos of this church. And one of those things that we're going to talk about today is it, 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 for the next seven weeks, it, we, we started last week, and it's this. What you value determines what you do. Yeah. And our core values, the seven core values that we have are not things on a wall. They're things in our heart. It's who we are as a community. It's the ethos. It's who I am. I, it, we just put it on paper. Uh, before we begin... You guys ready to be challenged today? This is going to be one of those sermons where I'm going to get in your face, I'm going to get in your business, and you feel very uncomfortable depending on which political side you're on, and I did that on purpose, and uh, it's good. You know, I'm going to give you Jesus. You're going to leave better than you came in, amen? So let me pray, and let's begin. Uh, God, thank you so much for uh, this faith community, what you're doing in our lives. God, we came in one way, but we want to leave another. Uh, Jesus, we want to talk like more like you, love more like you. Be filled with the Spirit more like you, Jesus. God, we didn't come for information. We came for transformation. Uh, God, would you illuminate something in your word that maybe we don't have in our hearts today? If you believe it, everybody said? Amen. Everybody said? Amen. Can we give Jesus a round of applause real quick? Come on. Uh, I'm not sure if you've noticed this. Maybe show of hands. We, we just live in an age of offense. Have you ever noticed that? People get so offended judge quickly, get offended quickly, cancel culture quickly. And it used to be that, that in our culture that we would only do this with celebrities and athletes and business leaders. This last week I read about uh, an executive at Apple, one of the top five executives, was fired because he quoted some movie and people were so offended. And he meant it as a joke and now he's unemployed. And uh, what's so tragic about cancel culture is that we don't just do this with celebrities anymore or famous people. We do this with family and friends now. Uh, I, t- I put something on social media back in May of this last year, and I had eight, eight family members unfollow me and so offended. Wow, yes. And uh, what, what's crazy is that we, we now we unfollow family members. We, we get offended at our teachers. We, we can't 
hang out on Thanksgiving with our family members anymore because they, they voted differently than us. They, they hold different political values. than I, I cannot believe you believe that and think that. And so what we do is we don't just cancel celebrities. We cancel family members. It's even silly things like, oh, my gosh, she didn't say hi to me at church. Oh, right? I've heard, I've heard that. Come on. Uh, or what time, Pastor Allie, I texted her. I saw the bubbles, but I didn't see anything. It's like, oh, my goodness. And it's not just, it, it, what I want, put it down like this. So if you're on a continuous search to be offended, you will always find what you're looking for. You're always going to get offended if, if that's what you're looking for. I, I came to remind the people of God, we have a kingdom culture. We don't get it from SLN, Saturday Night Live or, 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 or Instagram. We get it from Jesus. And, and what he's calling us to is very different than the way the world lives. And uh, our theme verse for today is in, in Romans chapter 12. When you see on the screen, someone shout amen. amen. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor. Someone shout honor. Honor. Honor one another above yourselves. Honor one another. How are we doing that, like that in a culture? Probably not so good. And yet I want to lean in on this. This is one of the virtues that God values. And this is one of the seven core values of this church. If this is your home church, you got to start valuing this. And our value is on the screen. Honor is our heart. Someone shout honor. Honor in our Spanish word for the day. I want to try. Please don't laugh. El honora es nuestro corazón. Come on. Getting better. Thank you, Google Translate and, and half the people in the church that helped me out. But we find honor, Jesus encountering a, a lack of honor in Mark chapter 6. It's on the screen. I'm going to read it to you. It's, it's very powerful. Jesus left there and went to his hometown. Let me just back up because that one sentence unpacks so much. Where did Jesus come from? In Mark chapter 4 and Mark chapter 5, Jesus has just performed three crazy miracles. In Mark chapter 4, he took an adult Happy Meal and fed 5,000 people. Anyone try the adult Happy Meal yet? Come on. Anyone brave enough to raise their hand? Crazy. You're crazy, girl. Come on. <laughs> my kids beg for, I don't give them the because you can put a Happy Meal in your closet and come back two years later it's still there because they've done that experiment by the way and so Jesus takes his Happy Meal feeds 5,000 people and the party doesn't stop in Mark chapter 5 he does something crazy you ever watch that show This Is Us where they somehow interweave all these stories and he, one person's walking out of the hospital with a baby and one person's walking in to say goodbye to the loved one and Somehow these stories intersect. In Mark chapter 5, Jesus is on his way to heal his, his son, the daughter of a man named Jairus. And on his way to heal her, he's interrupted by this woman who's been bleeding for 12 years. And he, he pauses long enough to heal her, but now the, this lady has died. This girl has died. But Jesus being not a prophet or a good man or a philosopher, God in the flesh, he does a miracle. And now his Instagram's blowing up. He's got all these reels. People are following him. Like... He is, he's gone viral three times, and it's from that context. It says he left there. He left the fame. He left the, the accolades. He, left the, he didn't want any of that. He left there and went to his hometown. His hometown, for some of you who are maybe know a little about the scriptures, he was born in Bethlehem but raised in Nazareth. And I always try to give the context, make the Bible come alive. Nazareth is like Modesto. <laughs> Only drug dealers are from Modesto. Come on. <laughs> Stop. If you're from Odessa, we're praying that you repent and get baptized today. 
But Bethlehem is, is the city of promise. It's called the house of bread. That's what Bethlehem means. Jesus in John chapter 6 said, I'm the bread of life. And, and what's so crazy, if you study J Japanese culture, they believe everyone has two stomachs. The stomach you eat with food, and then you're not really full until you eat rice. <laughs> if I could tell you, you have two spiritual stomachs. You could try to fill the first one with drugs, with sex, with fame. But only the second stomach gets filled with the bread of life. His name is Jesus, and he, he wants to satisfy you. And he comes to his hometown, a.k.a. Modesto, accompanied by his disciples. When the Sabbath came, he, be, he began to teach in the synagogues, and many who heard him were amazed. Someone say amazed. In our culture, we have this saying, game recognized game. These are spiritual people, and they recognize something spiritual about Jesus. He is different. He's, he's like us, but better. Where did this man get these things? They asked, what is this wisdom he has given him? And what are these remarkable miracles he is performing? It's not just word, it's deed. It's not just his sermons, he's performing miracles. This is not a normal dude. This is not like our rabbis who are boring, we're all falling asleep in church. This guy keeps me awake. What is this guy doing? And then it continues, isn't this the carpenter? I went to high school with this guy. I played soccer with him. Bro, didn't this guy make your coffee table? And they don't honor him. They saw the miracles. They saw the anointing on his teaching. But they're like, dude, this, I grew up, he sat next to him in elementary school. Look what they say. Isn't this Mary's son and the brother of James and Joseph and Judas and Simon? What, what, they, what, what he's really saying is in that culture, you are identified by your father. So to be identified by your mom, they're insulting Jesus. And aren't his sisters here with us? Isn't he, he's not special. There's nothing amazing about this guy. He's normal. He's just like us. And look what Jesus says. Look what it says. And they took offense at him. And Jesus said to them, a prophet is not without honor. Someone say honor. honor. Except in his hometown and among his relatives and, his, and, and in his own home. I want to talk to you about why honors are hard and kind of give you this this Greek definition of what's honor versus dishonor. Honor is on the screen. It's this word, Greek word, time. I know it looks like time, but it's not. Time means to honor, to value, to respect, highly esteem, to treat as, as weighty, precious, or valuable. And honor shows up in your life, not just in, in, in thought, but in word and deed. When you value something, when you esteem something, it shows up. You, you don't have to like do anything special. It, you're just like, oh my gosh, I, I honor you. I, I praise you. I, I value you. And God says, you know, it's not just something, things you say on your lips. It's a lifestyle. Yeah. And Isaiah 29 says, you people honor me with your lips, but your hearts are so far from me. You, you can't fake honor because it comes on the outside from what's on the inside. But what's dishonor? Dishonor is this Greek word, atiomos. It, it means to treat as common. It's to treat as ordinary. When, when you do that to someone, you, there's nothing special about them anymore. There's, there's no reason to treasure you, to value you, or to listen to you. There's nothing good about you. You're not, you're not better than anyone. You're ordinary. And often when you treat things that you should treat with honor as ordinary, you don't value it anymore. You begin to criticize it. You begin to belittle it. Uh, let me show you how this shows up in your relationships when... When men begin to see a girl who's a hottie with a body, come on. Any, any married people in the house today? Come on, raise your hand. Very cool. Any, any people, you can put your hand down. Any single people in the house, put your hand up. Look around, see what you're working with. Come on. You're welcome. Trying to help some brothers out. 
But when you find someone that you value, what do men do? They, they treat her different than all the other girls. You show up with flowers. No one needs to tell you to do that because you honor her in your heart. When the door, when she walks by the door, you go, no, 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 let me open the door for you. When you get to the car, no, no, you, man, wait, let me open the door for you. Why? Because you want to you wanna honor her. And then something funny happens. We get married and the honor goes away. And we, we walk into a room, scratch and belch, like, hey, honey, you want some of this? And then we wonder why she pukes in her mouth and has to swallow as we're saying that. Because when, when honor shows up, everyone can see it. And when it goes away, listen, everyone can see it. If you want to ruin your marriage, treat your spouse that's special, as weighty, as precious, as valuable. It's just common. It's just ordinary. I remember I saw this in the first six months of our church. We, uh, we get, this couple came to our house, and they they're just bickering and fighting, almost on the verge of, like, separating. And the whole time, she's ripping into him. Oh my gosh, she's so blah, blah, blah. I'm not gonna say what she said, but I'm just going after it. Pastor Yasmin's so gentle, so loving, so direct. You haven't said anything nice for the 30 minutes that you've been here. And she responds immediately, Well, if my husband was as honorable as your husband, I would say something nice. And Pastor Yaz, being the spicy chili pepper that she is, you know, <laughs> says, Well, maybe he's honorable because I speak to him in an honorable way. Wow. See, what well, we are so challenged in our cultures, we want to honor those that we respect. We want to honor those that we agree with. We want to honor those that vote the way that we vote, believe what we believe, dress the way, and say the things that we say. But in the scriptures, honor is unconditional. I wrote down like this, respect is earned, honor is given. And see, I'm a coconut. What's that mean, Pastor? I'm dark on the outside, but I'm super white on the inside. And I, I'm, I'm in two cultures. I'm in American culture, and I'm also in Persian culture. And there's a verse in uh, Second Hesitations. One says, once you go Persian, there's no better version. That's why the fastest-growing church is in Iran. Come on. In my home, my dad was physically and verbally abusive. I had no respect for him. But when he walked in a room, yes, Dad. I need you to go, yes, Dad. So for me, it's easy to show someone honor even though I don't respect them. In our culture, if I don't respect you, I disrespect you. And this is the opposite of what the scriptures teach. And It's so funny. When when you begin to show someone honor, they begin to rise to the level of your honor. And when you show them dishonor, when you criticize them, when you tear them down, when you cut them at the knees, they often will be lower to the level of your dishonor. So who does Jesus, according to the scriptures, want us to honor. There are four people, if you're taking notes, that Jesus wants us to honor. Number one, if you're, it's this. Honor God. Someone say, honor God. Honor God. Uh, Jesus is our Savior, our friend, our provider, our healer, the God who gives us purpose, the God who gives us life. He, 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 he didn't just create you and put you here so you can play Call of Duty. He gave you a calling, and he gives your life meaning and purpose greater than a 401k. He wants to give you a purpose in life that no tech company can give you. So how do you and I honor God? Three ways you do it. Number one, with your body. Our culture says, my body, my choice. Jesus says, your body, my choice. Because he died for it. He shed his blood for it. So there are things I won't do, places I won't go, things I won't look at because I want to honor him with my body. 
Jesus says, offer your body as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to him. Because my body is a temple of the living God. And one of the ways I honor God is by offering my body to him. Number two, Proverbs 3, verse 9 says, with your wealth. With your wealth, honor God. We do that with our first fruits. We talked about this last week, generosity being our goal. That if I, if I get money, the, the, I pay Jesus first before I pay my, 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 my mortgage or my car payment or Hulu or Disney Plus or all those other things that we have to stream now. And this idea that I give Jesus my first fruits. And I don't just do that. I give him my, the 10%, the tithe. And the tithe is a way I honor God with faith that everything that I have, God, comes from you. Amen. The third thing is worship. I honor God with worship is not just the songs that we sing. Some of you in New Church, this is karaoke for you. No, that's worship for us. Amen. But worship just isn't just the songs. It's, it's a lifestyle. Yeah. It's, 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 it, worship, really, if you give me the biblical definition, is love expressing itself. How do you love Jesus? If it's just in this room, you're going you're gonna to miss out on all the worship that you can do. And in a culture that dishonors and makes fun of God, we honor God. Amen. Number two, honor your parents. Someone say, honor your parents. Honor your parents. This one's making these people uncomfortable. <laughs> And there's not a lot of verses in the scriptures that talk about the relationship between children and parents. And there's two. I mean, one of them is uh, children obey your parents. And th- that commandment has a time constraint. With my mom in the room, let me be very cautious. She can't come over to my house, say, go to your room, you're grounded. I'm like, mom, I'm 40. How about you leave my house? And this idea, this, this children, that word in the Greek is young kids. Maybe a teenager. The moment you become a young adult, that, that command no longer applies to you. But there is a command that never stops. It's in Exodus chapter 20, and it shows up again in the New Testament. Honor your parents. Honor them when you're 10. Honor them when you're 20. Honor them when you're 50. There's no stopping to the now, All the Ten Commandments, that's the only one with the promise. You'll live a long life. If I can challenge the parents in this room, more than giving them Disneyland and toys, you're supposed to give them your faith. You're supposed to give them your faith. And uh, don't be surprised when your kids talk back to their boss because they learn to talk back in the home. Don't rob them of this spiritual blessing. My my, my wife is a rock star with this because my kids in the morning, they'll be like, they'll talk back to me. I want breakfast. And I want to like throw something into Jesus' name. Let's not pretend. Come on. And my wife would be like, I don't, I, don't, I don't listen to people who don't honor me. And she speaks in an honorable way. And you can see these kids, I'm sorry, Mom. And they become more honorable as my wife honors them. Number three, if you're taking notes, this one's going to make some people uncomfortable, but that's why I love pastoring. <laughs> honor those in authority. Particularly the last, I think, six years in our country, there's an article that came out that says, why is Facebook making us more stupid? It talks about how because of the politicalization of our country, family members can't eat together, friends are no longer friends, and the echo chamber that I live in is either I'm a Democrat and I only listen to Democrats or I'm a Republican and I only listen to Republicans. And four years ago, the hashtag was not my president. Today, the anthem is let's go Brandon. And let me challenge all of you, none of that is scriptural. Because I can disagree with someone, but not dishonor them. And when you wear that shirt and use that hashtag, that's not kingdom culture. That's, that's American culture. 
And Jesus, it goes even further in, in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 19, it says, fear God, honor the king. And the context of that verse is crazy when you realize what Peter's saying. This is a king that's killing Christians. He's setting them on fire. He doesn't say honor him after he loves us. Doesn't say honor them after he respects us. He says honor him unconditionally. In a culture of NWA, blank the police or defund, I, I, we don't listen. If we don't agree, it's totally countercultural to Christianity. If you have a rebellious spirit to authority, it's actually, you have a rebellious spirit towards God. And I can disagree with people, but still honor them. You don't even know which passion I don't like, because I hide it. Because I want to honor whoever's in office. Because the scriptures tell me to pray for those are in leadership. Not pray for those that I voted for or those that I didn't vote for. Pray no matter who's in office. It's crazy when we hear that. Because we want to give honor when we think they're honorable. No, 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 no. You give them honor because of the position. One of my favorite stories of the book of the Old Testament, David, this, this like renaissance man, he's a, he's a singer, he's a musician, he's a king. Like, like, this is like LeBron James, Justin Bieber, and like a lawyer all in one. This dude has everything, right? And even the Bible says he's good looking. It's like, let's kill this dude. He's taking, like, it's just amazing. <laughs> And, and as a 17-year-old kid, this, like, this guy's, no, I'm sorry, he's like 13 or 14. He, he's anointed to become king of Israel. And his boss, a dude named Saul, if you don't know the scriptures, spent the next 17 years trying to kill him. And there's this one time he's in a cave. Saul's going to the bathroom, and David's in the cave. And Saul didn't know he's there. He has an opportunity to kill Saul. He says, I will not dishonor the man in authority. Listen, I've never had the president of the United States try to kill me. Not yet, at least. But if David can honor Saul, I can honor the president. It's a challenge for all of us. Number four, honor your pastors. This one's going to sound self-serving, and it's not. The Bible says in 1 Timothy, give double honor. Someone say double. double. To those who lead in the church. And I'm not just directing this at myself and my wife. There's Dalen in the back who leads production. Can we give her a hand? Come on. We got Ethan on staff who leads worship. Come on, we can give him honor. And I think the hardest ministry to grow and recruit people is the kids' ministry. And we got Teacher Anna and Teacher Freddie. Yeah, we just give them double honor. When's the last time you thank them for teaching your kids scripture? When's the last time you thank them for teaching your kids biblical values? Jesus. Uh, it's so crazy in our culture of dishonor. We, we sometimes forget the very people that are so important to us. Jesus says, you know what? You're going to forget. I want you to give them double honor. And maybe you're asking this question, well, what if I don't do it, Pastor Ali? What if I just live my life like apathetic and I don't give honor? Let me show you what, in my opinion, the scariest verse in the New Testament. Mark chapter 5, before we go there, let me give you the context. Jesus did three miracles back to back to back. Adult happy meal, healed the person, stopped the bleeding of a, of a woman, then comes to his hometown. Could do no miracles. Watch what the scripture says. 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 6. Is it on the screen or do I not see it? He could not do. Someone say could not. He could not do miracles there except lay his hands on a few sick people and heal them. 
he was amazed at their lack of faith. This is scary. Because it doesn't say that Jesus didn't want to. didn't say he didn't have the emotional energy to. doesn't say that he was annoyed and didn't try. didn't say he prayed and it didn't work. didn't say he doesn't have the power. He could not. This is the God of the universe. He has all power. He could not. I wrote down like this. Honor allows God's blessings to flow to you. A year ago, we did a worship night. We were doing church at 5 o'clock and... Uh, it was probably one of my favorite nights as a church. We, we, we invited the whole church to come together, and we invited a guest worship leader who, who was a friend of my wife long before we started this church. Her name is Amanda Nguyen, but then she got married and became Amanda Jones, I think her name is. And uh, They were friends before Pastor Yaz even became a pastor. And uh, What most of you don't know is that when she led worship for us last August, she had been going through 10 months of infertility. Her dad's a pastor. Her mom's a pastor. She, she's a PK, and here she is crying out to God, praying, God, can you give my husband and I a child? And she even confessed to my wife that she just felt like God had abandoned her. Maybe the promises don't apply to her. And she was so discouraged, and she got together with my wife. And because Amanda honored, not Yasmin, but Pastor Yasmin, said, would you speak into my life? Would you encourage me? Would you pray for me. My wife and I got the opportunity to, to encourage her and pray for her. Would you believe six weeks later she got pregnant? Yeah. Pregnant. Yeah. God, the Bible says, can do the impossible. Nothing is impossible for God. He can resurrect your dead marriage. He can break your addiction. He can stop you from being a Lakers fan. I know it's hard for some of you. He can do miracles, but the Bible is so clear. He could not operate where he's not honored. My challenge for you is what are the miracles that God wants to give you? What are the prayers that God cannot answer because you lack honor? Because you won't honor God, your parents, those in authority, or your pastors. I'll say it this way. I don't lose out. I don't want you to lose out. Let me show you the verse again. Romans chapter 12, verse 10. Honor. Someone say honor. honor. One another above yourselves. Where are you getting your cues from? From culture or from Jesus? From Saturday Night Live where they make fun of everyone and they mock them and they dishonor them? Or do you get it from the scriptures? And one you get to choose will determine what you receive from God. Let me show you another translation. This one kind of opens it up. Romans 12 in the ESV. Outdo one another in showing honor. If you ever go with me to coffee, I'm buying coffee. And every once in a while, someone's a little stubborn, and they'll show up 15 minutes early and buy me coffee. And the next time we meet, I'll show up 30 minutes early. <laughs> and if they show up an hour early, I'm going to show up the next week. I'm going to buy the coffee shop. Because I'm not going to let you outdo me. Kidding, of course. But how, what, what would happen in your marriage if you outdid one another in love? You outdid one another in showing honor. You outdid one another in value and serving and caring and cherishing well, how would your marriage change? And some of you push back, but Pastor Ali, they're not honorable. They don't deserve it. Let me give you a deeper revelation of honor. Honor has nothing to do with them. Yeah. It's a reflection of you. Yeah. Amen. Honor is not about the other person. It's a reflection of you. You don't honor when they've earned it. You don't honor when they deserve it. You don't honor when they've become honorable. You showing honor to the other person is a reflection of who you are, not who they are. 
I really like this. You don't honor because they're honorable. You honor because you are. And where does that come from? It comes from the scriptures. God honored you and I long before we deserved it, long before we earned it. And if you follow Jesus, he, he wants you to be like him. That means you need to honor your president even if you didn't vote for him. You need to honor your parents even though you didn't pick them. You need to honor your pastors even if you don't want me to be your pastor. Because the truth is, I don't miss out. You do. And what I want to do for the next couple of minutes, I want to model what honor looks like in a culture of dishonor. I want to do something that probably you've probably never seen before. It's going to feel uncomfortable for some of you. You're like, why is Pastor Ali doing this? Because we live in cancel culture. Yeah. And sometimes hearing honor models it what it looks like. Let me show you some pictures of people that I want to honor. This is my mom when she was about 29 years old. Uh, my mom was married in 79 and she was a nurse in Iran, and she gave that up so that I could play Call of Duty and play fantasy football in America. <laughs> now, she sacrificed so that I could have more opportunities. My work ethic comes from my mom. This church was built on what I learned. I love you, Mom. <laughs> um, I didn't plan for this. Hmm. I'm so grateful for you. I love you. I want to honor you. Uh, this next picture, this is going to be hard is my hottie with a body. Come on. She is taken. Taken. This is my beautiful wife, my best friend. You're the only one I could say this to. You've seen how prideful I am. And you didn't leave. I'm so lucky to have you. I preached a sermon series a couple months ago called uh, Secret Sauce. That the Holy Spirit, we are a charismatic church, if you're wondering what we are. The Holy Spirit's the secret sauce of this church. She's the secret weapon of this church. Anything that's good is because of her. Let me show you this next picture. This is our, our staff. Come on. What's crazy is that everyone in this picture joined our church in, our, in year one. Ethan joined us three weeks before we started. He used to wear shorts. One Sunday. One Sunday. Uh, and then the, next to my, I believe it's uh, Dalen. Go back to the previous picture. Dalen. Uh, she does production for us. God bless her. And then on the far right, we have Teacher Anna and Teacher Freddie. They're, they pastor our kids. And Dalen joined, I think, three or four weeks after we started. Freddie joined six months, and then Anna about nine months. And they could get jobs anywhere with way more money than we give them. But they want to serve here. And that's super rare. I just want to honor them. This next man is uh, why I'm pastoring. His name is Kamil Navai. He's my, the first pastor I had. Uh, he gave me an opportunity to lead when others... I was a crazy 24-year-old that got saved. And uh, he believed in me when others didn't. He gave me opportunities that others would never. I don't even know if I'd give myself opportunities if the 20-year-old version of myself walked in. This man has crazy faith to trust me. And this church is built on his love and support of me. Uh, this next picture is you. You are the most faithful passionate, awe-inspiring church I could ever be a part of. 
You are set apart and holy for God. You guys put up with online church for 60 weeks. Then you did church at five o'clock for 18 months with no AC. And when many walked away, you didn't. And I wanna honor you that this church is open because of your hard work. If you're part of the dream team, can we make some noise? Come on. And last but not least, I wanna honor one more person. Some call him Isa, some call him Jesus. His name is Jesus. And I wanna honor the guy who shed his blood for me. He didn't die for me when I was honorable. He died when I wasn't. Scripture says, Jesus didn't die for us when we were his friends, but when we were his enemies. And he saved me, he redeemed me, he paid his own blood to bring me home. And he's not my homie. He's not six pounds, seven ounce, little baby Jesus. He's my king. He's my king. And one of the ways that you show that you've received the honor of what Jesus does, I wrote down like this, honoring people honors God. Honoring people. You honor them above ourselves because it has nothing to do with them. It's a reflection of us. And if I do it, it's going to allow the blessings of God to come. I want to show you something. There's a man... Anybody know who Babe Ruth is? The Sultan of Swat, the King of Cat, the, the Colossus of Clout, the Great Bambino. He has, they say, between five and 20,000 baseballs in circulation that he autographed. Why is there such a very, we don't know how many are real, how many are fake, but there's only seven baseball bats. And would you believe this is one of them? that you get on Amazon for $19.99. Got him, come on. Let me tell you the story of the, the last baseball bat that they found. Uh, Babe, great, Babe Ruth signed seven baseball bats. One of them was missing for almost 100 years. He gave it away in 1924 to a local high school kid because he had the most home runs in his high school. Babe Ruth just had a big heart for underprivileged orphan kids. And he gave it to this 18-year-old who was struggling. And the bat disappeared for 60 years. Uh, this man, don't, they don't know his name, but he on his deathbed. He's about to pass away, and he says, I have this baseball bat, and he gives it to his nurse. He goes, I'm about to go. She doesn't know what a Babe Ruth is. So she puts it under her bed for 20 years. Crazy. Then she retires as a nurse and goes, maybe that bat is worth something. Takes it to a local shop, figures out it's worth $1.2 million. Sold in 2004. She took 800000 of it and gave it away to orphan kids. And watch what she says. The bat was only valuable because Babe Ruth's name was on it since he made it valuable. The only reasonable thing I could do was something to honor his life. Where does your value come from? Because you got Jesus' name on you. You got Jesus' name on you. And maybe your parents or your friends don't value you. Maybe 
You don't find value because your bank account's not big or the scale has too many numbers. You have intrinsic value because the creator of heaven and earth put his image on you. And he showed his value when he was willing to shed his blood. The value of something is, someone thought this baseball bat was worth 1.2. You are worth the blood of Jesus, the most valuable thing in the universe. Romans 12, verse 10. Played baseball for 12 years. Miss it. Now it's super boring. <laughs> Honor one another above yourselves. Guys, bow your heads and close your eyes. Thank you, Jesus, for what you're doing in our faith community. Thank you, God, for the reminder of who you are. Thank you, God, that you honored us long before we deserved it. It was your kindness and gentleness, God, that led us to repentance. God, I pray for those in this room that feel conviction that maybe there's someone in my life that I'm not honoring. Maybe this is a moment for you to speak to God. Say, God, I haven't honored you in my life the way I should. Maybe when I talked about parents, you're reminded of some things that you could have said differently. It's an opportunity to have that conversation with God and maybe a loved one today. Maybe you have an attitude of dishonor to, towards those in authority. You don't like this president or was you don't like the, the previous one. It doesn't matter who, but maybe your attitude towards those in authority needs to change. Maybe it's your pastor. Maybe today I don't become Ali, your friend. I become Pastor Ali. But I also know before you can give honor, you got to receive it. Christianity is not a religion. It's a relationship with the living God. And this God 2,000 years ago entered human history as a man, lived a sinless and perfect life. Then on a cross, he didn't his life was not taken from him. He laid down his life to pay for our sin. That's Christianity. And if you want to receive his forgiveness, it's free. You don't need to do anything. I came out of Islam. I had to work and work, and maybe one day God would love me. In Christianity, Jesus does all the work. The work of a Christian is to simply believe in what Jesus did on a cross is enough. And with every eye closed and with every head bowed, if you want to receive that honor, of being his people and allowing him to be your God. I want to pray a prayer in a moment. Just repeat it in your heart. Thank you, Jesus, that you're real. That you left heaven for me. Not to give me a book, but to die for my sin. I repent. I turn from my sin and I come to you. Thank you for honoring me, God, when I wasn't honorable. I want to live a life worthy of what you did for me. In a moment, I want to ask you to keep your eyes closed and head bowed. I want to help. This church wants to help you take your next step in the faith. If that was you, that was your first time praying that prayer, 
every eye closed and every head bowed, I want you to shoot your hand up on the count of three because we just want to celebrate with you. We want to help you. We want to resource you with books. We got a book called Following Jesus. How do you follow Jesus in Silicon Valley? On the count of three, one, two, every eye closed, every head bowed, three. If that was you this morning, you prayed that prayer for the first time. Amen, I see your hand. Amen, I see your hand. Can we give it up for the hands that went up? Hey, thank you so much for listening today. If you want to follow us on social media and just stay up to our current events, our social media handle is Bold Church SV. That's Bold Church SV for Silicon Valley. We hope you stay blessed and we'll see you soon.